can talk to about the things of God, who you can uh, be sad with and discuss these things. God wants you to have a partner to walk the road to Emmaus with. Now, here's some things, though. When we have that in our life, we've got to be careful because you see what, what was, I think, happening here with the disciples. They had heard Jesus speak. He said he was going to raise. Um, then they heard the testimony that morning that he wasn't in the tomb and that Peter had actually said that he is risen. They had heard those testimonies, and yet they're still sad. Why? Well, they didn't believe the testimony. They didn't believe it. Here, here's one of the reasons why. It says, they talked together of all these things which happened while they conversed and reasoned. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Listen, we reason a lot, and that's up here. But, but the things that come from this mind sometimes are not of faith, and they are not of truth. We have thoughts that come up, and we reason together uh, with other people. We gather other people who reason right along with us that says, everything is bad. Nothing's going to change. This is horrible. And we can reason and, and prove that case out. Uh, a lot of people um, in 2000 reasoned that the whole world was going to shut down because of Y2K. A whole bunch of people bought generators and food, and we reasoned together. Now, there was some things that were really concerning in that time. We tend to reason, and it comes from just our mind, and we've got to be careful that sometimes the things we're talking about and the people we're talking with can lead to untruths. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. Just because you feel it doesn't make it true. They reasoned together, and I think as they reasoned, they went, well, yeah, I mean, come on, we saw him die, and I mean, come on, have we ever seen someone raise it? Well, okay, we saw Lazarus, but have we ever seen anyone else? And I just don't think he's alive. I don't know what they were reasoning, but they were conversing and reasoning, and it was not producing life, and it wasn't producing faith. They had already heard the testimony, and yet they were still sad. As, as, as I was reading on here, it said uh, Jesus came up, and, and, and I love it. It says, what kind of conversation is it you've had with one another as you walk and are sad? You know, there's times in our life that God just, he comes right in, and he actually asks you the question, what are you thinking? What are you talking about? Why are you sad? He doesn't need to know, but he wants you to tell him. He wants you to talk to him. And so this, we can take this and go, you know what, he, he wants to know. Hey, what are you thinking? What are you talking about? Why are you sad? And we can go to him and begin to discuss. And, you know, thank God that his shoulders are big. Um, he can take just about anything, I should say just about. He can take anything. He can take your doubts, your fears. He can even take your accusations. He, he took Job's. Now, he straightened Job out. So if, if you go off on God, he'll straighten you out. But he ain't going to kill you. He may rebuke you, but you can go ahead and share whatever you want. You can be Job and start accusing God. God will go, okay. And then he says, you finished? And he'll say, now let me ask you a couple of things. Where were you? when I created this thing. 
In other words, hey, relax, buddy. I got this under control. And he can I mean, sometimes he comes in harsh, but 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 it's he comes in harsh when somebody needs that. He's amazing. He comes in soft when that's the best response. But whatever it is, he can take it. Talk to him. Now, interesting, the disciples do exactly what we do. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things which happened here in these days? Let me change that up a little bit. God, where have you been? Don't you know what's happening in my life? Where are you? Are you a stranger? Have you not been watching? You know, my life is really bad right now. I got all these things going on and you're not paying attention. So I'm going to have to tell you what's going on. That sound familiar? I think most of us have done that. We, we get in the middle of it, we think, what? God moved. And we go, God, where are you? Don't you see me suffering down here? And we can really become, you know, uh, you know uh, the, the, that accusation, even as Elijah made it, you know, we almost go, maybe God's busy. You know, God must be busy do, dealing with people he likes more than he likes me. I don't know if you've ever had those thoughts. I have those thoughts. See, that's one of my struggles. That God loves everyone else more than me. So sometimes that's my conversation. God, you know, I've been pretty patient with you. <laughs> been watching you do all these things for other people, but now, hey, where are you? I need some stuff here too. Boy, man, you don't stand too close to me, right? The lightning's going to strike. I'm just telling you, this is some of my prayers sometimes. Why? Because when we're in those moments, we're not thinking truthfully. We have been led astray by lies of the enemy and by our feelings and everything else, and we just give right into them. We do it with, with our, our family members. We do it with our spouses. We know that we do that with our spouses because we use words like, you never do this. You never. You always. What? That's not even true. What happened? We got carried away. So, so this is kind of us and, and the disciples. Have you not heard? Where have you been? You know, I love his answer because this is the answer that, that I think that we can say, okay, so when that's you, God, where have you been? You know, have, don't you know what's happening? Here's what God says. What things? Now, he doesn't need to know, but he's like, tell me more. Let's talk. Let's talk. You know, one of the greatest things that we can do when we're having these is, is uh, uh, process. And sometimes the best way to process is just to talk about it. So I'm going to ask a question. Who in here is a verbal processor? You know what I'm talking about if you are. You're a verbal processor. Who in here is married to a verbal processor? <laughs> you know, some people process internally. I, I just think about it, mull it over. Sometimes Shannon says, you want to talk? Don't. No, I want to talk. You know why I don't want to talk? Because if I talk, I'm going to say something stupid. I'm, I'm processing. Processing. So I do it internally. And uh, not always, that's the problem, is if you don't process, you're in trouble. You've got to process it. But verbally is wonderful, so you can process verbally with, with God. Um, verbal processes are kind of fun to watch. 
if, if, if you've got like rhino skin. Sometimes verbal processors will start out in this crazy spot. Or they'll, they'll start normal, they get crazy, and say ludicrous things. I mean, like, you know, just whatever. You know, everyone's horrible. I mean, life is just, you know, horrible things. And then by the time they're done going, oh, I feel so much better. And, and during that conversation, they've shot everybody around. They've talked bad about people. I mean, you know, you think that they're not even saved. Because this is what, this is what happens. Some of, you, some of you are laughing. Maybe you've witnessed it or you've done it yourself. This is normal. What, what nonverbal non processors need to do if you're married to one is shut up. Let them process. And when they're done, then you go back. And if you're really concerned, like, so were you planning on buying a gun and shooting them? And they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm better now. Whatever it is. And you can ask at the end. But here, here's what they process. And so God says, you know, tell me more. Well, God, you just haven't been there for me. And, you know, I do everything. I wake up in the morning, and I'm, you're just never there. And I go through, I go to work. My battery died, and this happened, and this happened, and all this stuff. And we just, and he prices Tell me more. Why? Because he can handle it. He doesn't flip out when you have these things come out of your mouth. He doesn't go, oh! <laughs> he knows you. He listens. And then he'll guide you through it. We need to get into a, a relationship with God that we can process with him. It's also good if you have a person who can process, who can allow you to process. Yeah, if you find somebody who can help you process. But don't let it be a person who runs with the things that you say and encourages it. They're like, I've got the gun. I mean, you know. <laughs> you want to be in a safe place, but, but you know, we've got to process, and we can process with God too. He says, tell me more. What, what things? Well, the things of Jesus of Nazareth. So now, as we process, we, we come out, we sometimes find out things that we think. You actually go, oh my goodness, I actually think that. That's a, that's a great revelation. That's why talk therapy, is, it can be wonderful. Going to a, th a therapist who's a Christian, talking. Because sometimes in that talking and processing, you find out you have a belief system that only shows up when you talk enough. It, it comes out in the way you live, but you don't realize it's there until you talk. And, and, you come. and so in this process... It says, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, he was mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. And stop. They didn't know who he was yet. He was just a prophet. I mean, they, I mean, not just a prophet. I mean, come on. I mean, pick a prophet, you know, calling down fire from heaven. I mean, prophets were, were powerful, not like what, we, what, what some self-professing you know, prophets are today. The prophets of the Old Testament, they were like, whoa, just whether you have any friends. I mean, who wants to be with one of them? I mean, they, they, they had a direct line with God, and they were powerful. So, so Jesus was like, wow, he was powerful. They recognized that, but they didn't know he was God. They didn't even say he was the Messiah yet. I mean, they're just... They're just like, I don't even know what I believe. 
Isn't that you and me sometimes? God, I don't even know what to believe. I mean, you taught some really good things in the Bible. I mean, you know, you had a lot of love and grace, but I don't know if you really are the God of the universe. Because my life is in shambles, and it doesn't seem like you're doing anything about it, right? This is a process. Comes out. And then they go, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. God, I was hoping. I have still that conversation. They're, they're saying, man, I had hopes. I had thoughts that something was going to be different. And it's been three days. And I, went, I, I read that. I'm like, oh, there, that, that's us. Yeah, we've been waiting too long, God. I mean, come on. You know, I've been waiting for an answer for way too long. Hurry up. God's not late. Despite what you think. Despite your financial situation. Despite your marital situation. Despite your healing and health situation. God isn't late. Don't always I, I, I joke around. I heard this a long time ago and now I stay all the time. He misses a lot of opportunities to be early. But he's never late. 2 Peter 3 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. And I go, oh yeah, I must count it that slow. It's kind of like driving in the winter sometimes. You're going behind someone, you like, think they're driving too slow. And you go, man, he's going slow. And all of a sudden you go around a corner, you, swoo, you slide, and you go, oh, I guess he wasn't slow. He is patient toward you. You can talk to him. You can walk this out with him. He is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And our memory verse for the week, which I apologize, it's not on the slide. Romans 5, 3 and 4. I, I like it's in the ESV. And there's some other good versions as well, but I did like it in the ESV. More than that, when you think that, that God is slow, it says more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. You know, we think he's late, we're suffering for a long time, he's not. But that suffering can produce endurance, and endurance can produce character. I tell you, we need character. We need people with character in this nation and we need to be people with character. Character produces hope. You know, when I read that, the way I, I interpret that, I think hope comes out when we, when, we, when we suffer with the Lord and we see his hand, but when God develops character in you, in addition to you having hope because you've gone through the fire with him, it produces hope in other people. See, because people want to see people with character. It actually produces hope that there is something good in the world. You ever have someone in your life that you knew and you're like, oh man, if they ever fall, I don't know what I'll do. 
because it's good. And we got to be careful to put people on pedestals, but it's good to see that there's people that have character and they go, wow, okay. It's, it just, it's encouraging to see that. He's never late. But it's been three days since all this happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb, they astonished us. They astonished us with this crazy story. They didn't find his body. They came saying that he had, they'd also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Now, we didn't get this far, but over in 34... They, they go up and they, they find, after they go in, and we'll get there in a second, they go to the, the, the disciples, the other 11 disciples, and they say to him, the Lord is risen indeed. In truth, he really is. He's risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. They're, Simon wasn't with them on the road. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about that when Simon saw the Lord... He appeared, in other words, we didn't believe Simon. But the Lord really is risen, just as Simon said. People come around you and say, God's going to do something. He's, he's moving in your life, and we go, no. Somebody else says, oh, I've got a testimony of how God was so faithful to me, and they tell it, and we go, As the disciples did. They had these testimonies. And they go, no. And at the end, they go, oh, I guess so. We should be encouraged to be, encourage ourselves to try to be encouraged by testimonies. Believing in faith that God is doing something in the midst. Not reasoning up here going, this just doesn't make sense. I mean, we saw him die. We saw him in the tomb. I mean, it just doesn't make sense that that he's alive. It doesn't make sense that God is going to heal me. It doesn't make sense that, that God is going to give me hope. It doesn't, give, it doesn't make sense that God's going to do a miracle in my relationships. It doesn't make sense that God's going to... That's right. It doesn't. That's where faith comes in. And we, and we see him. Now, so what, what's some of the answers in this? See, they've been talking just like we do to God. And here's Jesus' answer. Oh, foolish ones. So I told you, he's going he's to have his say. And this is how he starts. Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. You've read the Bible. What does the Bible say? The Bible gives us hope. The Bible says that, that we're more than conquerors. The Bible says that Jesus is an overcomer. We read it. They read the, the prophets and Jesus going, you've read it. How come you're slow to believe it? And then in 26, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter his glory? In other words, 
wasn't this supposed to happen? Things, things happen. And beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And that's a great place for us to go as we go, what does the word say? What does the word say about my situation? Yeah, God hates me. God's not faithful. That's not what the word says. God says he loves me. God says he hears me. He answers my prayers. That's what the word tells me. So he began to go and take them back to the word. Well, Jesus is the word. But we have the word, the written word, the written logos for us. And we go back to that and it gets expounded to us again. We come to church. We go to Bible studies. We, we fellowship with other people through the word so that it can be expounded to us. We go, oh, I, I'm beginning to get it. But, but sometimes it takes a little bit more. So they got close to the village and they were liking it. They liked it. Kind of come to church, being encouraged by people. We like it, but it's not always changing yet. We're not always getting it. We're hearing it going, yes, I, I, there's something in there. That's why I keep coming back. And they got close to the village. Jesus indicated he was going to go a little bit further, but they constrained him. I mean, that's a, that's a really uh, strong word there. Even uh, in the Greek, it means they compelled him. They forced him. They like, you got to stay. Now, when you read that, if you're not, if you haven't read it before, you're like, oh, they, they know who he is. They still don't know who he is. They just know something is happening. We like this. You got to stay. You got to stay. And then they say this. And we're gonna get, this, is, this, is, this is important for us. Abide with us. Abide with us. That's the prayer that we need to have even when we're not sure of who God is. Stay with me. Abide with me. Don't leave. I need you. That's the word that, that is used in John. It says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, he abides with, he remains in us. It's used uh, throughout the New Testament of him remaining with us. And so it came to pass as he sat at the table that he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. You know, I've, I've said that, you know, in the church, uh, we have this Christian word. If you haven't been in the church long, you might not have heard it yet. And the word is called fellowship. And, and fellowship is usually just a fancy word to say pigging out. You know, we're going to fellowship together. We're going to eat. It really means a lot more than that. But we use it just like that. But there's a connection with, with fellowship and eating. When you share a meal with someone, you're sharing life. The, uh, in, in, there's been a number of studies, even in my, uh, in my observation, the life groups and home groups that do the best eat together. You should, we should be eating together. Something happens. You know, you get to know people when you're eating because the guard comes down and they're, it just, we just start talking and chatting. And so they're fellowshipping here with Jesus. They don't know it yet. But what happened is they said, stay with us. And then they fellowshipped, and he broke bread, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him. God, don't leave me. Stay, and I want to have fellowship with you right now. I need to have communion with you. The word communion is, is joining together. You can be in communion with the people. It's not just bread and juice. It's, it's fellowship. It's this close relationship. So here's what it looks like. We go, I'm going through a lot of stuff and I don't even know 
who you are, where you are. I'm going to talk to you about it, but don't leave me. In fact, have communion with me. Talk with me. I need to be close with you right now. And as you do that, your eyes get opened. Your eyes get open, and you see the truth. We've been in the Word. That's encouraging. But without that communion, fellowship with Jesus, it's not enough. Because it needs to be alive. He's the living Word, but the Word without the Spirit is just words. That's why atheists, some atheists know the Bible better than Christians and haven't been moved by it. They haven't allowed the Spirit to move them. We get in fellowship. Say, God, I need you. I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to process with you because I don't understand what's going on in my life. And he says, tell me more. We're going to get through this together. And if you'll abide and you'll stay and you'll let me fellowship with you, your eyes will be open. So what they do? They went to bed. They said, man, I've had enough. This is good. No, they said, man, I've seen Jesus. He's touched me. He's encouraged me. He's done something for me. They had to go and testify about it. So immediately, it was late. It was, it was late. It was getting dark. That's why they stopped Jesus from going any further. And since then, it's gotten later because they got the bread and the wine and they broke bread and their eyes were opened. So it's late. And it says immediately they got up and went back to Jerusalem. Seven more miles. Because they had to talk to the disciples. He's alive. He's alive in me. God's answered my prayer. God fellowshiped with me. And you need to know what he's done for me. When you come through these seasons and these moments, we need to testify. We need to, we need to go to somebody. At the very least, we need to, you know, if had they had a phone, maybe they would have picked up the phone. I don't know. But we can, we can pick up the phone. We can go and tell, hey, I want to tell you that God just answered me. He showed up. And he's alive in my situation. He's alive. And I know you told me that. He's alive. So much we can learn from this passage on the road to Emmaus. I pray that you'll read it over and just let those, those words sink in because he wants to come in and show himself. He wants to go through the process of us processing and working through our things. He's not late. He hasn't left. He did not die. Even if you can't see him. Here's another part. Even if you can't recognize him. Sometimes we don't recognize God doing things in our life. We just don't see it. Fellowship. Go back to the word. Have somebody rehearse the word to you. You know, you, you find, find even a, a good Bible teacher, preacher, and listen to some sermons that are like truth about your situation. Rehearse it. Okay, he's right. This is what the Bible says. Okay, and then say, Jesus, come in. Fellowship with me. I'm in a bad spot. Let him open up your eyes.
Anyone need their eyes open this morning? To see God's hand in your life? To see Him faithful? There's things in my life I want to see, I want to believe that He's faithful in. You know, by faith I do it, but sometimes it's hard. So I raise my hand to myself, go, yes, I, I want to see, I want my eyes to be open and recognize God in my situation. So let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, times come in my life that I'm just like these disciples. I think that you, something's happened to you, that you're not moving in my situation, that there's no hope. We had hoped that he would be the Messiah. Sometimes it just, hope is gone. I, I ask God that you would cause me to be even as the disciples, even unknowingly, just begin to talk to you about it tell you about it, process my, my feelings, God. Then I pray that you would help me uh, to, to seek out and remember the word of God that I've read, that I've studied, that has been preached to me, and that I personally preach to others even. Bring those things back in my memory. And God, help me then to invite you, compel you to stay with me and fellowship with me. And I know that that's your desire, God, but I let it be so strong. I need to fellowship with you so that my eyes will be opened and that then you would cause me to testify about who you are and your goodness. That's my prayer for every one of us this morning. God, if there's someone in here this morning who doesn't know you at all, I pray that it would be a similar experience that they would say, I need to know who you are. Reveal yourself. Take them through the process of getting to know who you are. That, that they can look at themselves and say, I've sinned and I fall short of a relationship with you. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me a new creature, a new creation. Let the old things be gone and let my whole life be new and I want to have a f fellowship relationship with you in Jesus' name. That's our prayer this morning and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't forget your oven mitts. They're not potholders in case anyone was wondering. Okay, we don't have potholders here. We, we do have oven mitts, though. <laughs> Bless you guys.